0: Hello, and welcome to episode three of Decoding Devs. I am your host, Michelle, and with me is your co-host, my son, Colin. Hello, everybody. Okay, so- Glad to be back. Yes, very (laughs) glad to be back. Uh, We had a little break. We were going to record sooner than this, but uh, college students are busy, so they tell me.
1: Yeah. Pretty busy. Uh,
0: with a lot of work this week. Still pretty busy. <laughs> um, so we're, we're getting episode three done, and hopefully, I'm hoping we'll record episode four tomorrow. Um, but he's making a face at me, so maybe I not. See, man.
1: <laughs> we shall see.
0: Okay, so let's get into it. Episode three. Yeah. Love devs. Twa. Got my notebook.
1: Oh, is it toi or tois? It's toi. It's twa. Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: Anyway, episode three begins. With a montage,
1: but wow. not a musical montage. <laughs> Look at that. Well, it's almost—it's like a sound montage. It is a sound montage. It's a You're piece correct. of art, man. Honestly,
0: says the sound recording technology major. Who I
1: mean, anyone, that. anyone with a brain in that realm would understand how good that sequ- that sequence is from that perspective. When
0: you were playing it, you had the screen turned around, so I couldn't see any of the images, and I was just listening to the sound, and it is—it is a sound montage. It's yeah, very cool. But anyway, it's um. Well, Okay Well I just want to say what it is Okay fine It is um, blurry images on the screen, the big screen I wish we had names for these rooms and this technology But they don't really give we just give call us it any. the screen room? I guess um, <clears throat> On the screen Projection room,
1: that's what they call Projections. it Projections, yeah. yes You're right, it's yeah. the
0: projection room And it is scenes from history, basically Did you have something you wanted to say before I started going through them?
1: Oh uh, no! I was just gonna say that like the whole, the way that the the sound is used in that sequence is almost like a. It's almost like a project that a student would make, mm-hmm. at this thing at DePaul. It's called Electric DePaul. It's like this. It's like the final, quote unquote, the final test for sound recording technology majors, where they have to like make six or seven minute long projects. Um, it could be either film scoring. It could be adding sound effects to a film score fil- to a film scene. Just so- something sound related. That would be, like, a perfect example of a project like that. And we should really
0: be giving kudos to whoever the sound people are on this show. He's going to look it up as I go through. Yeah. Because, honestly, um, everyone that works on this show is just incredible. Like, it's Um, one of the
1: first times I think I want to buy a soundtrack. But for the sound effects, almost. Like, for the... No, no. So, the composer must have been in tandem with... The sound editor, I would I would get producer. I, would,
0: I mean, I guess. I would assume that. But anyway, let me go through the images. Uh, the first image, and again, these are blurry fuzzy. Um, we don't have full clarity on the screen yet, but it's... Uh, the first one is a hand cave painting. Then we see an image of the unfinished pyramids of Giza. Then a another image of Jesus on... The cross speak and speaking, then marching soldiers. And I'm going to say that it's the Huns, but no, (laughs) I can't tell you know, I can't see the the visual enough. But historically speaking, it fits in between uh, the crucifixion and the next image, which is uh, Joan of Arc, and she's being burned at the stake and also speaking and screaming quite. Um, unnervingly the next image is uh, abraham lincoln giving the gettysburg address Uh, then we switch to amaya blowing bubbles again and i feel like there's a music change there too where it becomes that um sweet music again
1: yeah there is yeah it's like a weird cut in the edit it is a weird cut from
0: from I don't even know if there is music playing during this montage or if it's just sound effects, but it's definitely, you notice it when it switches to Amaya blowing bubbles. And then a an image of Sergey being suffocated during his murder. And lastly, we see Lily putting the FU sign in her window, which I found kind of funny. Okay. Have you looked up the sound designers yet?
1: I mean, yeah, there's a sound department, but... I mean, I have the supervising sound editor would be Ben Barker, which I actually think I've heard that name before. Another BB? Yeah.
0: Ben Burt? Ben Barker?
1: (laughs) That's funny. I mean, I think I've heard that name, actually. But, yeah, there's a lot of people in this lit- Well, I'm sure.
0: It's a whole sound department, but he's the- The
1: art department is massive. (laughs) We should really, like, at some
0: point, recognize all these people by name.
1: And they each worked on every episode. Oh, wait, no. Some of them didn't. Still, that's crazy. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So all those
0: Benjamin Barker.
1: Yeah, all that's those. That's funny.
0: You know who that is, right?
1: No, actually. Benjamin, Benjamin Barker.
0: No. Is Sweeney Todd's real name? Oh. <laughs> I
1: that's think. That's
0: funny. Unless I'm crazy. That's funny. I'm pretty sure that's his name.
1: But anyway, so yeah, those those uh those those images are weird. Those images. I don't even know what to call them. Projections, I guess. Projections. I guess.
0: Yeah, we were trying. Well, I was trying to find a pattern. Within them, because you know, obviously, they made the choices of these are the things we're gonna have them seeing. So, oh wait, it, did
1: you did you did you say at the end of the montage, it's like a cut, like a, a quick cut, cold cut, as I like to call them. Um, it's like all like, and it's just gone. And that's no, just I didn't really. Other oh, than dude, saying, that part's so cool.
0: Other than saying it switches to pretty music when we see Amaya again.
1: I mean, it's like, I don't know if I'm looking into it, but there's kind of this, obviously there's this relationship of binaries that we're talking about. hmm And it's almost like he, they, even within like the sound of the show, there's a very clear relationship formed between, or dichotomy formed between silence and sound. And I feel like that that's like a really good example of it. Because even during the montage, there are moments when you're like, and it's just gone for a mm-hmm. moment. Like it, when Joan of Arc is shown. It like goes from noisy to just drop out and then you hear her voice doing like it's like weird. Yeah.
0: The sound editing is it's
1: cool. So cool. A lot of like cutting. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. Stuttering, I guess you could call it. But Yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyway, we were we were I was trying to find some sort of a pattern and it's interesting just looking at these events because the first two, the cave painting and the pyramids are acts of creation and then there's jesus, you know, the crucifixion which could be
1: both. Both. <laughs> it's if
0: if you're you know, if you believe, if you're christian, you believe he both died and rose and gave everyone new life. So yeah, it's... that's a both.
1: That actually that I just had a connection between that that concept of having both at the same time mm-hmm. and how it relates later. But then the next three things <laughs> cool.
0: are acts of war. We have soldiers that are maybe the huns. Joan of Arc, who was sacrificed during a war, and the Gettysburg Address, which was obviously yep. the Civil War. So, yeah. hmm, I don't know. And then the next three are contained within our story that we're watching: yeah, Amaya, cool. Sergey, and Lily. Yeah, doing stuff, um, or being murdered. <laughs> you thought it was the
1: rat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. This is so
0: funny. Like once mm-hmm. I see an image, I can't shake it yeah know like, it's yeah i that, get that that image of sergey suffocating i thought up until today up until like a half an hour ago <laughs> yeah. when colin was like you dummy that's <laughs> sergey being suffocated i'm like what i thought it was the mouse in the that we see and maybe even later
1: yeah I don't I mean, even think we no. see it yet. Oh wait, yeah, we haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. Spoilers. Well, I mean <laughs> it's not really a spoiler. There's a
0: mouse later that goes yeah. <laughs> into the story. But regardless, I'm weird and I it's not. It's Sergey. Yeah. Anywho. Um so yeah, God, I don't know. I feel like there's
1: something that we're missing. I don't know what dude. the pattern
0: could be. Again, a lot of, it could be sacrifice, but that the cave painting really doesn't fill that fall into that pattern so i don't know
1: well maybe that's the point though maybe i don't know because like there's clearly this this importance put on the motion of putting like your hand on the wall and leaving a mark there like that's what it is they didn't see it as art they saw it as like
0: we don't know that of course they did
1: i mean okay you know what maybe at some point people realize okay well i can make this look cool but like I honestly don't think that that's what was in these people's minds at the, it at was, the age. It was.
0: If I remember my art history class literally oh. from thirty years
1: ago. All right, you've told me this, but
0: I feel like the explanation is that they they thought it was some sort of uh, magic, like in in putting the pictures on the wall, especially of uh, animals that they would hunt, that it would you know bring the animals you know so they could eat or whatever um but I don't remember exactly like I I know there were handprints but I don't that obviously doesn't uh fill that criteria I don't know okay well I was
1: just gonna say that like like I don't know whether to interpret that montage I mean I'm honestly speaking personally I don't know whether to interpret that montage and to treat the analysis of it In, like, the way that, like, what those things meant to the people at the time or what it means to us watching the show. You know what I mean? It's just, like, there are so many different routes of interpretation you could take.
0: Yeah, there is. And maybe that's
1: the point. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think the point of it is to show that, like, first things first, I think the point of it is to show the power that they have. Like, they can look back at Jesus and the pyramids and the Gettysburg Address. But I also think it serves to, like, show to the audience is kind of like a weird meta sort of way that like like what if we had the capability to watch because like think of it this how it opens it's just static and it's like us watching it like we're the characters in the show right mm-hmm. if you think of it yeah. that way mm-hmm. so it's kind of almost like breaking the fourth wall i guess in a sense mm-hmm. because like i don't know this might be reaching but I've been thinking about, like, recently I've been thinking... This is, like, such a weird thing to think about at my age, I would say. But, like, I've been thinking about the whole thing with technology and, like, how technology can use, be can be used for good and can be used for bad. You know, we, we, we all know that. Um, but if you think about it... I don't know, like, every thing in that montage has to do with technology in some sort of way. If you think about it. Like, the, even the even the, the, uh, the paintings on the wall, like, their technology was with their hands. You know what I mean? Yes. And then the pyramids is obviously, like, a crowning achievement of the technology back then. And mm-hmm. then it cuts to, isn't it the next thing, the military? Jesus. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Well, hmm, that one's a little interesting. I don't know how to explain that one. But every every other one has, like, a method, like, has, like, something. I guess well the Joan of Arc one doesn't really either, it's fire.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's technology versus and art, faith. Mm. Because we do have mm. Jesus and we do have Joan of Arc, and we do have Lincoln giving the Gettysburg Address. That's not really
1: technology though, but but it's it's communication. I feel like is a big uh, thing because the people, every person who's in it is talking. Think about that. Jesus talks Joan of Arc talks Lincoln obviously is giving the Gettysburg address um, the people who left their marks on the cave wall was used for com- that was used for communication back then you know and what, what I mean about
0: the pyramids
1: As I, I know like every time I think of something
0: <laughs> you know what it is they're trying to make us think there's a pattern but there's not <laughs>
1: That could be it. Almost
0: everything fits because later on... But there needs to be
1: a meaning to everything that they put in it. Like, why would they put those things? Maybe there isn't a pattern in the macro sense, but each one of those matters for a reason. For sure.
0: Each one of those matters. Um, Maybe they're all catalysts. Like, big, important catalysts. The cave painting is the first art That man ever made. Yeah. The pyramids are a, like you were saying, a massive technological achievement for, you know, the ancient humans to achieve.
1: But there's also the idea of pain, though. Oh, hold on. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Um, Jesus dying on the cross, obvious, huge catalyst. Yeah. Uh, The Huns, I'm sure, I suck at history. Well. But... I'm sure they were th- they were some sort of a
1: catalyst. <laughs> if they were the Huns, first thing, second. Thing. I'm
0: sh- almost sure they are the Huns because it fits right in to the right time period. But I mean, that's a big time period between Joan Jesus of Arc dying and <laughs> Joan of Arc again. I don't know history well, but I know she had something to do with the war, the Hundred Years' War. Yeah. Uh, Gettysburg, big catalyst, turning point in the war. Correct? Am I correct in that? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean. Yeah, maybe not at the time, but, like, now we talk about it like it was, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm... It was just
1: him talking to his country, like, you know?
0: No, but the Battle of Gettysburg.
1: Oh. Yeah, okay. Big turning point. I, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Gettysburg is a big deal. Uh,
0: Amaya, big turning point for Forrest. Sergei dying, big turning point, like, big catalyst. And then, I don't know about Lily putting the sign in the window because we don't know what happens in the story yet. I mean, you and I know, but we're not going to talk about it. Um, Wait, what?
1: The Lily? sign in the window?
0: That's the last image that you see in that montage, yeah. is her putting the F.U. sign. Yeah, but we
1: saw that already. It
0: doesn't matter. In it's in the montage, two. so what?
1: No, no, no. I'm just saying, we saw it in episode two. It seemed like you just made it that we haven't seen that. No, no,
0: no, no. I'm saying we don't know what that may or may not be a catalyst for.
1: Oh, okay. I see. I mean, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. That feels like a very... Like you're really crushing that one. Okay. Well, we're gonna (laughs) let's go
0: through the rest of the episode,
1: Uh, and maybe
0: and maybe we'll reflect once we talk it through. Maybe we'll reflect back and be like, oh,
1: I did catch something with Joan of Arc that we can talk about though. Okay. Later.
0: Um. Yeah. Because weirdly, Joan of Arc comes back in this episode, Mm. which is strange.
1: Or the sound of Joan of Arc.
0: Anyways, um. So the first scene, post montage, is. Stuart and Lyndon.
1: Gosh. Was that the first scene?
0: Yeah, that's what oh. I have written down, unless oh, cool. I'm skipping something. Okay. Um, Stuart and Lyndon are in the projection screen room, and they are watching something on the screen, and Katie comes in and basically uh, says, what are you watching? And <laughs> I believe Stuart says, that is Marilyn Monroe and Arthur Miller having sex. And Katie gets uh, agitated by that because she says we have two rules. We don't uh, look forward. We only look back and we don't invade privacy. Which, to her, this is an invasion of Marilyn Monroe's and Arthur Miller's privacy, even though... It's weird, man. They're long dead and okay. Yeah. But that's apparently a rule she has. So, um, and the, one of the funnier lines that, you know... Step one, men invent some spectacular new technology. Yeah, see technology. That's step, what I'm saying. Step two, use it for porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was no, very but funny. the fact
1: that she says that tells me though in the first scene that it has something to do. The montage has something to do with technology. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling okay, you.
0: Okay, maybe I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just, I'm just going through the steps here.
1: Maybe it's just as simple as like pr- showing. Sorry, I'm really caught on. Maybe it's as simple as just showing the the multifaceted capability of technology, maybe the almost the infinite potential of technology. Now, you know we talked about we talk about binary and quantum and like
0: yes, and that is a theme in this episode later on is. um when the senator shows up and tries right. to rein in this massive power that
1: oh, yeah, very oh yeah,
0: developed yeah. um government but
1: we'll to, and technology but we'll yeah. that yeah. um,
0: so anyway, uh, I think this scene is important in that it shows that Katie and Stuart definitely have a weird, slightly antagonistic relationship. Yeah. And also it shows that Stuart and Lyndon have a very friendly relationship.
1: Yeah. Cause like what we saw in the second episode seemed almost like they had an antagonist really antagonistic relationship. You remember?
0: Lyndon and Stuart?
1: Yeah, because they were, like, making fun of each other's, like, era. Yeah. It, I honestly couldn't tell if they were friends.
0: Right. There, so. And this pretty much solidifies it. Like, yeah. oh, they kid around. They are yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. buddies. They're chilling. Yeah. And also,
1: yeah, Linden's wearing a Primus shirt.
0: <laughs> Colin's obsessed with Lind- Lyndon's I don't, wardrobe. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> it's definitely something. <laughs>
0: um. So, anyway, I think that was probably the major thing we were supposed to take away from that scene is how their relationships are work what their interpersonal relationships are like yeah um
1: how how focused the projector can be like just like in a moment in time just like anything like plucked out that too like that's important
0: and she even says watch something else yeah the grassy knoll and they're like yeah we already did that (laughs) the grassy knoll the kennedy assassination
1: does she say that
0: she says the grassy knoll which means the Kennedy assassination. I
1: know what that means, but I don't remember her saying that.
0: <laughs> she does. She's like, do something else. The grassy knoll. Oh. She's reprimanding them for watching this and like, just like. Well,
1: didn't we talk about how Marilyn Monroe had like an affair with Yes.
0: Him? Actually, I, yeah. I well, was, what the? I was going to bring that up. Okay. So, <laughs> weird. Before we started recording, I'm just fascinated that they chose to show if they were going to choose, if they were going to choose any sex scene from any two people in the history of the world and they chose marilyn monroe which is understandable (laughs) because she's probably the number one female sex symbol that ever lived
1: how did that happen by the way marilyn monroe i mean obviously she was born well (laughs) you understand though like how long when was when was her prime like 19
0: uh 50s 60s
1: okay it's been
0: But she's an icon. 60
1: years. (laughs) She's an icon. Okay, okay. Okay. She is iconic. You ask
0: anybody on the street who's the number one female sex symbol of all time. Chances are good. I'm curious
1: how that happened. Anyway, go on.
0: Again, have you seen her?
1: Okay, dude.
0: You should actually watch her movies. Her movies are delightful. Okay.
1: Have I seen any of her stuff?
0: Probably not. Because I really like the screwball comedies. I, I know. But... I just learned about what those are. Just but. stunning. Anyway, um, I was—we were talking before we were recording about. Okay, I understand the choice of Marilyn Monroe, but Marilyn Monroe was married a bunch of times. This wasn't her only husband. She was married to a huge, big deal baseball player, Joe DiMaggio. Uh, if you're gonna watch a sex scene with her, <laughs> why would you not pick them? You're right. Interesting that they pick Marilyn and Arthur Miller. <sighs> Ooh. who's just a nerdy playwright. I
1: just thought of something.
0: <laughs> I mean, he did win a, a Pulitzer Prize, but I'm just saying.
1: Well, okay, so like...
0: <sighs> he wasn't just a nerdy playwright.
1: You know how like, oh, dang it, this could be a spoiler, but no, I just realized then something, don't say dude. It.
0: Write it down for later. All right, well,
1: we can stop talking about this because I just realized probably why that they chose to do that. If there's a reason, I just realized what the reason is.
0: Oh, okay, well, you'll tell me later, but I'm just going to yeah. say... My it ing- could
1: be a potential foreshadowing to a... To something that Lyndon figures out later. Okay. Having to do with devs. Do you understand? I, no,
0: I don't. And <gasps> stop talking before you say too much.
1: Dude, be smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez.
0: But my point was maybe I'm wrong now that Colin is drawing a uh, comparison to something else that we can't talk about yet. Uh-huh. My point was they picked the beauty queen and the nerd. <laughs> yeah which are opposites um that which plays along with your whole you know yeah binary system paradoxes like yep weird and also um as I was reviewing my Arthur Miller knowledge he wrote the crucible which is about um the Salem witch trials
1: yeah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> which is kind
0: of funny and um
1: well not funny but it's funny that that is a direct parallel to what we saw in the montage, kind of. Kind of. A different take.
0: Death of a Salesman, which is a theme of reality versus...
1: Illusion. Illusion. Classic.
0: Also interesting. Um, but I'm sure I am sure I have now gone too far.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so let's go.
0: Okay. Um, so how does that scene end? Why do I not have a note of it? Nah, uh,
1: Stuart's like he says something he makes a remark about Katie and then he says like coming from her dot oh dot.
0: right don't break the rules coming from her yeah. yeah he's definitely questioning her she
1: on to something
0: authority she's and doing something and she is up to something yes
1: hypocrisy is present perhaps
0: um okay then I have written down Lily at home yeah what happens there nothing apparently because that's all I wrote
1: <laughs> she's just kind of sitting there and
0: Oh, I remember. Okay, yeah. She's sitting in her bedroom. She's kind of wringing her hands. She's got, she's just like. She's freaking. She's upset, clearly. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. About what she's just found out about Sergei. And then it's like you practically see the light bulb over her head go off that she has. Hmm. Has had a thought of some sort.
1: She definitely, yeah. I'm actually watching it right now in silence. She definitely has a thought.
0: Yeah, you can see the light bulb <laughs> going off over her head. And
1: then it cuts to Amaya.
0: And then it cuts to Colossus Amaya. Yeah. And we see a helicopter with Amaya on it coming in to land in a field. And, and Forrest is there to meet the helicopter. And we find out that on this helicopter is Senator Lane, who is their senator, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, she's a state senator, or state whatever. State
0: senator. Um,
1: also, the helicopter has, like, letters and numbers on it.
0: Well, they all do. They That's, like, something that helicopters have to have on them.
1: Okay, yeah, but I feel for like... For
0: identification, I guess. I don't know.
1: If they have that on there...
0: I mean, sometimes I'm, it is a code because I remember... Was it in Lost? There was a helicopter that actually had the uh, Lost numbers on it or something like that. So I wouldn't put it past them to put meaningful numbers on the helicopter.
1: And eight, Nate, 8 what could it mean (laughs) um anyways
0: so inside joke here from the last episode senator lane's head of security's name is joe
1: oh yeah yeah i I actually noticed that this last time watching it that That was a joke
0: from the last episode where um the russian spy just picks a you know stereotypical american name to call kenton and he calls him joe right and then lo and behold we meet a security guy named joe in the next episode
1: yo the editing here is kind of weird because like the helicopter comes in and then it shows Forrest looking very distraught looking at it like oh, i distraught. hate these guys yeah really? just like i hate these oh, guys like, and I, ugh. yeah and then it cuts yeah. back to lily for a brief moment, she like looks to the right and then gets up, and then it cuts back to Forrest. It's weird. Oh, that yeah that's weird. I don't even know.
0: Huh. Um, anyway. Anyway, th- between the conversation between the senator and Forrest, we can glean that there is some kind of concern in the Senate that whatever power or or the fact that like amaya has cornered the business basically on quantum technology (laughs) yeah and she's concerned what a shock it's like a monopoly thing it sounds like yeah and excuse me and so they're having a slightly contentious conversation
1: well she's really being the only one who's contentious it seems she seems aggressive in the conversation. Well, she
0: is slightly aggressive, but he's also like...
1: He's like, step off, dude. <laughs> yeah, pretty much
0: like, give me a break. Like, you're not here because you're concerned. You're here because you want what I have. He's just and being you, straight up. You want to use it. I guess. Uh, yeah. For military purposes, basically.
1: Which is... Okay, you brought it up. It ties into the theme of what I was trying to say before about how technology can be used for multi like multiple purposes, you know? Depending yeah. on in the hands who... Are. Oh, also, I rec- I realized this episode, I think the word leverage mm-hmm. has been used in every episode at some point by a character so far.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: Obviously, the second, mo- the second episode we have, uh... Oh, what's his name? The spy. Anton? Yeah, we have Anton saying, like... This is leverage. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're using this as leverage. Mm-hmm. And then Forrest, I just saw him right here. He's talking to her, and he's like, "What does he say?" i me quote him.
0: I remember him using that word too, in this
1: episode. Um, he says, "Yeah, yeah." She's talking, and he's like, "Is that your leverage?" Questions. <laughs>
0: right. I don't know. My voice is already starting to act. No, crazy. we're good.
1: keep going. We're good. Anyway, anyway, they have a conversation. It's kind of heated, and she's like, "Yo." Um, what do you do here? And he's just like, okay, fine. Uh, we we predict the weather, basically. <laughs> um, well,
0: she flat out says, what are you working on in devs? Yeah. And he says, we're exploring the potential of our quantum computer system. And she's like-
1: Which is true. Big
0: <laughs> much? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, but more please. Yeah. And um, she definitely wants there to be government oversight uh, and he says, "You don't want government oversight. You want control. You want my systems for the NSA." And she said, "We want your system for America."
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Merc. Jeez, like, man, relax.
0: And then, uh, then she starts, you know, pun- you know, not pulling punches anymore. Unless you think America is trivial too. Do you see how this works? Do you know how easily I would crucify you? Yeah,
1: I was like, bruh,
0: <laughs> in a public Be... hearing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So then that's when he says, we're using our quantum system to develop a prediction algorithm. And yeah. she's like, stock market? Like money? Market trends? So basic. <laughs> I know. Weather? and uh,
1: It's actually an interesting scene, man. There's no other scene like this scene, actually. In the rest of the show, having like government. No, there's not. Like this? It's like there's weird. There's not.
0: It's, but again, if, this, if the theme of this... Kind of storyline is technology getting right controlled or uncontrolled or, ne- you know, going out of control.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, there's just like this line that Forrest says, he says, every tech company has a development division, which I think is like, like, again, like, you you ever seen that poster of the igloo or of the iceberg? And it's like the Freudian, like the id, the super, the, uh, the super ego, the ego, and then the id mm-hmm. and how it's like. The super ego is above the water and yeah. then like the id is like this massive structure below the water yes. it's kind of like that in in like dialogue form you know what i mean
0: well yeah he's definitely it's he's like quasi metaphorical ever gonna tell her what they're doing there because
1: but he is telling them that's the interesting that like double speak again like this is a perfect example of again this double speak coming into play yes but totally. he's
0: definitely not revealing exactly how powerful it is well
1: yeah why would he do that? No, that <laughs> he's not be gonna a do dumb that. Idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So she's like, "Is it gonna rain tomorrow?" And oh, yeah, he's he like, looks pa- up a little bit. There's this pause. It's like, doesn't look like it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I love him. Does it rain?
0: I don't think it rains the entire show. No, I don't remember any rain. Actually, yeah, that's facts. No there's fog. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
0: Um. So. Yay, new characters, Senator Elaine and Joe. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, is it is it the scene after this one when Joe and Not yet. Kenton have a weird conversation. They do have
0: a very weird conversation, but before that, it cuts to inside Amaya, um, like just where the normal people work. hmm Yeah. And oh first yeah, of This all, is the scene. Shout out to the neon sign on the wall. We are all <laughs> stardust. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> that was good. That, that was... comes
1: into. Uh, is that a line from something? Um that like iconic obviously?
0: No, it's not a line from something, but it's just
1: It's just perfectly I, I don't know. know. It gave me it gave
0: me um two thousand one vibes. Oh. Know? Oh. It's vibey. And it's just a weird thing to see on the wall and he on side because yeah. we're all stardust. <laughs>
1: is that supposed to be like motivational? Or is I guess that to like so. prove your like how obsolete you are in the yes, scope of the universe? Exactly. It's very strange. <laughs> it's really weird um it's actually kind of dystopian in that way it's very
0: weird it's a very weird thing and it's like i said it's literally neon light on the wall yeah
1: it's neon weird yeah
0: um okay so then we see lily and she's not looking so so hot yeah and um i think this is the entrance of the green sweater (laughs) is she wearing that green sweater
1: I think this is the beginning of the yeah. green sweater. Okay. Yeah, I think so. We'll mark that. <laughs> yeah, mark that.
0: First scene of the green sweater. Yeah. Um, so she walks in the building, and we hear, Joan of Arc. From
1: yeah, the earlier. voice line of hers. Yeah.
0: It's weird.
1: Okay, but I'm in a connection, and I'm going to bring it in now. Go ahead. So. Later in the episode, so the, wait, just making sure I'm in, I'm in tandem with what this whole podcast thing is. <laughs> this is we <laughs> I talk. <hope> so <laughs> is this like after people watch the episode?
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope they're not spoiling themselves, but only up to episode three. Or is this
1: as they watch? Is what I'm asking. Is this like a walk along, or is this like a?
0: I would think you watch the episode, you listen to the podcast.
1: Okay, if that's the case, then there the scene later in this episode when. Uh, Lily is is uh, is talking to Kenton with her friend in the room, and she's like, and I don't know if she says she has schizophrenia, but like the, her friend says that she might have schizophrenia, something like that. Someone says, someone brings up schizophrenia. This yes, episode, yes,
0: they do bring up schizophrenia.
1: uh Okay, Joan of Arc was is rumored today. If we, obviously, there's no way to know uh, because of how long ago it was, but. Is rumored today because she there are um, writings of her being told from God and the and the archangel Michael and like uh, all these religious figures to join who is it King Charles, Ooh. the French king, well, not the oh wait no no, no wait that's like, English that's English isn't it Charles King I, Charles would be
0: I don't know
1: anyway I don't know my history again she was involved with the one hundred years war and the hundred years war and that was between England and France. Uh, I believe she was called to help. The, I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong.
0: Charles the Seventh.
1: Charles the Seventh. Well, if it's Charles, that's England then. Um. Well,
0: Charles is a French name too.
1: What do you mean? Oh, dang it! I have to. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna anyway, she's involved with the war, and she's told by essentially God to go and help with the war effort. Um, she war- has
0: visions of Archangel Michael, Saint Margaret, yep. and Saint Catherine of Alexandria.
1: Yeah, yeah, so a bunch of people. tell her to go help the king. Essentially, voices in her head. <laughs> right, and um,
0: or, but, I mean, that's kind of why she was made a saint, though, because people believe that.
1: Oh. That she really yeah, did interesting. have those well, visions. Okay, but from, from my perspective, I'm just saying that the whole idea is that she had voices in her head telling her to do something. Yes. Schizophrenia. Yes. And... And of the course, fact that she the fact that Lily walks into work and that sound is played, that sound bite is played.
0: Mm-hmm. You think that's the connection? I d I don't well know what be. else
1: it could be. I have no clue other than that she's like a young woman who is in like hot water, basically. Yeah. What else is there? I really? don't know. I mean, I, like,
0: I full I'm buying into this theory of yours about the schizophrenia.
1: Yeah. Shout out Mr. Thorson who taught me that in freshman <laughs> history, by the way. Your favorite teacher ever. Yep.
0: Okay, um. so she walks in We hear this Joan of Arc stuff Her colleagues are having a meeting And she walks in And they're all just kind of like Uh, hi yeah. No one expects her to be there Post, like one day after finding out Her boyfriend
1: yeah, Burned obviously. himself to death Yeah.
0: And I just also want to point out that this conference room Is made of glass It is doesn't have real walls and there's a giant picture of guess who amaya on painted on one of the glass walls
1: yep she's always she's watching, always watching. <laughs> yep
0: um and they're discussing something called shore which of course i was curious and i looked it up and it's mathy and it has it's an <laughs> algorithm
1: talking about sine waves though
0: and it has to do with cryptography which is what lily's job is so nothing to uh you know under under nothing no underpinnings to that. I don't well,
1: think. there could be. Maybe I'm not going to talk about it now, but there I, could be.
0: It's probably mathy, and I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, the the fact that the letters S, P, and Q come up, I feel like, are important.
0: I don't know. But anyway, anyway, it might just be. actually should talk about this. <laughs> sure. Algorithm talk. We
1: have no ethos on this matter. <laughs> no.
0: Um. I do want you to notice, though. This is where I noticed that Anya, her her blonde pony-tailed um, uh, friend, yeah, has prosthetic legs
1: oh oh yeah oh because Colin was like
0: i never noticed that i'm like oh yeah she definitely does i noticed it a couple of times um and this is where i guess i first noticed it because i think this is the first time we meet anya
1: that's so interesting but um
0: anya and well first of all the meeting isn't going well and and (laughs) anya's like can you give us a minute and the other colleagues leave and anya and lily have a conversation where um, Lily starts to tell Anya, like, I, something's going on, and I really... Everything's need, a lie! I need to talk to someone. Can I trust you? And she's like, well, yeah. And then she starts saying, like, I just really, I don't know. I think something's going on. I think maybe Sergei didn't kill himself. And, you know, just things are... Lily's opening up about her suspicions yeah that all this is bs and um as lily and anya are talking her other friend jen uh who was one of the people that worked with sergey when he worked on the you know the worm ai project mm-hmm. she bops over and she's well, like yeah, she
1: sees her and anya and lily through the window
0: yeah she sees them through the window she bops over and she's like hey guys what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> Not really, but um that's kinda of what it was funny to me. She was just like, What you talking about? Yeah. And Anya's like, Well, Jen, um Lily is telling me about how she's having some thoughts and they're kind of interesting. And so uh then Lily starts talking about, you know, who's gonna investigate this who's who did the autopsy the CIA and she's like no the coroner (laughs) would do the autopsy right and it's just it keeps ratcheting up and up about how Lily seems extremely unstable yeah and um at some point Anya pulls Jen aside because Jen starts to say stuff like yeah Lily yeah I think you should go talk to Kenton about this or Lily says it and she's like yes I think that's a great idea so then Anya's like Jen, what are you doing? Like yeah, She's yeah. clearly out of her mind.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, That's why she says that. And
0: right. Jen's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I know Lily from before. This has happened before. She's got a history of schizophrenia. And she's been in the hospital and all this stuff. And Anya's like, oh, crap.
1: Yeah. Shoot. So, um, Joan of Arc has been known. Anyways. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so... They have that conversation, and and we are assuming that at some point, yes, Lily's going to go talk to Kenton about this, but it cuts to a scene, which I greatly appreciate the visual a lot. Um, We see this giant, weird sculpture of a man's head, and it's bright green.
1: No clue what that is. If you want to talk about that, (laughs) I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what that's up with. Well,
0: it's a bright green... It's like woven... um, Woven bust of a human head, of a head, but it's not realistic at all. It's very kind of, yeah. It's caricaturey. It's very overblown. It's weird.
1: It's very weird. <laughs> so looking. weird, man.
0: But we see this big green head in profile with Joe.
1: Yeah, I see. I'm looking at it right now.
0: And Kenton in yeah. like a perfect pattern of the three of them. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, you know, like their profile profiles overlaid on top of one another.
1: So I'm looking at it right now. So we have the ear, which is orange. And then, so the whole head is like generally the same shade of green, except the ear, which is orange. The ye- <coughs> the, no, the tip of the nose is yellow. And then the lips are red.
0: But it's very brightly colored and just kind of garish, really.
1: It's very weird to look at the image. because It's garish. It's these normal dudes sitting next to this yes. masterful thing, you know.
0: Would you not Marvelous call it? Would thing? you not call it like? Kind of like whoa. Over the top and garish. Oh yeah, thing. I thought it was weird.
1: <laughs> I I still think it looks weird after even rewatching it.
0: So again, here's this green color. I'm still working out, even having seen the entire series, what the deal with the color green is in this show because it is very significant and it's got to be something. But anyway, in this case. I think it's like, it's the conversation that Joe and Kenton are having pertains to Joe saying, you know, he's so bored with his job. He just wishes someone would try to assassinate this woman so he would have (laughs) something to do. It's,
1: yeah, rough. (laughs) And
0: Kenton's like, okay, yeah. (laughs) And then, um, I think this is where do- I think this is where Kenton gets the phone call that says Lily wants to, Lily Chan wants to talk to you in your office in private.
1: Does Kenton have multiple personality disorder? Kenton? Yeah. No. Because it seems like sometimes he's actually authentically talking like he. No. Didn't do anything. No. And he's he does
0: not have multiple personality disorder. He I don't is. Think so. Definitely on the sociopathic scale. Okay, sociopathic. Scale. <laughs> All right.
1: Sometimes, man, that could be. Confusing. I, I think guess.
0: he's definitely a sociopath of some sort.
1: Also, I just looked up the significance of the color green.
0: I've looked it up already many times and just trying to find... And I, as we get further down the line to further episodes, I, I'll start talking about what I think it is, but I really can't right now because... Oh. Reasons. Okay. Um, so anyway, Kenton gets called to this meeting with Lily and Jen. And... Oh, actually, before they go to the meeting, we see this silent conversation from afar between Lily and Jen. Oh, yeah, right. We do. And through a window. And Jen is clearly, like, encouraging Lily and being, you know, being like a cheerleader because Lily looks like she's um, not having, not, is not confident about what's about to happen. And, and looks like Jen is reassuring her and they hug. But that's all in, there's music playing, but you don't hear what they say. Uh-huh. Then it cuts to the meeting in Kenton's office, um, with that same office where Sergei sat and Lily has been in there before. We keep seeing this office. Yep. With the big window behind Kenton's head of trees. and um,
1: The shining Blade Runner office.
0: Yes, the shining Blade Runner (laughs) office. This is such a well-written...
1: It is, actually.
0: Everything so far has you believing, oh my gosh, is Lily actually... Crazy, yeah, man. Is this a um, what's that movie? Um, oh my gosh,
1: you're gonna have to give me more. The man. brilliant,
0: you, the the scientist guy, and he's having this entire fantasy in his head, and you think through the whole, a beautiful mind.
1: Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where you think, yeah, that's good. That's
0: what I thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this the big moment of a twist in this show? Mm-hmm. She's actually crazy.
1: Honestly, probably should have known it wasn't.
0: And you true, brought up but... Legion.
1: Oh yeah, totally, dude. I'm telling you, you dog. thought it was
0: a Legion twist where we find out David is. Uh, dude, or we think David is schizophrenic.
1: I, again, like I like. Don't tell me that this episode did not have a little bit, just a
0: tiny
1: little bit of inspiration. man. <laughs>
0: this part really seemed. Yes, when you brought that up, I was like, "Oh yeah, I see that." I'm just saying,
1: man. I'm but also, a
0: beautiful mind. I really thought I was getting a beautiful-minded. By yeah, yeah, Alex Garland That's
1: interesting too I didn't even think about that
0: Um, Because she starts Telling Kenton Like okay This happened And then this happened And everything she's saying Has happened Up right. and Up through this episode Yeah The spy guy I met with him At the Golden Gate Bridge
1: But then she starts Talking about But then Yeah uh, then, Brooklyn And then he's like Brooklyn Oh yeah I wrote <laughs> it down Because it was so funny
0: I've been Through all this before in Brooklyn. <laughs> and then, you, yeah, Custod Kent, and he's like, Brooklyn?
1: <laughs> what?
0: And it's so funny because it's us. Two. I We're know. Like, I was about Brooklyn? to say. Brooklyn? Yeah, wait, what? What about it? What, Doug? And then she starts talking about RNGs, but they aren't really RNGs, and the Fibonacci numbers. Mm. And it's a pattern. I keep seeing the numbers. And all this, she just starts really word vomiting all of this stuff out of her mouth. Yeah. And uh, he looks at... Kent looks at Jen like I what like please. I bet th- <laughs> I just thought
1: of something kind of funny all three of the characters in that scene how like the dialogue goes is probably like a microcosmic representation of Alex Garland's mind <laughs> he's probably thinking about like everything has a pattern everything and then he's also like dude what like he's <laughs> probably writing out. it down and he's like dude I don't know if people are gonna appreciate me after writing this you know what I mean I think people will think I have schizophrenia you're probably right It's kind of a funny thought but anyway it's a
0: metaphor for the inside of his mind <laughs> it's kind of funny um yeah so J- then Jen tells Kenton yeah she's seeing patterns in um things that should be also, random.
1: Fibonacci baby oh yeah another come on, dude.
0: shout out come
1: on dude I mean also I I know you you brought up green mm-hmm. earlier I mean obviously interladen within the whole the whole concept of the green being like the color of nature you know mm-hmm. that's also like the cover color I guess you could call it also the Fibonacci color maybe in mm-hmm. a sense yeah but whatever
0: that's part of the theory I'm working on right now
1: oh okay I will stop talking yeah. I'll let you continue
0: Um. so anyway she's just getting more and more and more worked up as she's telling him all these things and talking about some boyfriend she had and his tattoo <laughs> oh, and yeah. how the number of scales on the tattoo were Fib- Fibonacci numbers and
1: I'm telling you, dude, he had to have been like that. He was Alex Garland probably <laughs> would literally look around for during this time when he was writing the show and he would not be able to get that stuff out of his mind. Maybe not. And he probably really internalized it. It's so funny. Maybe. Anyway,
0: um, so she starts to hyperventilate.
1: Yeah. And good acting within acting. I've always thought that the concept of acting within,
0: acting, within acting, acting is
1: hard, man. It has to be hard to read lines from a script with both the thought of your character in mind and the thought of a false, like a wise tale. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, that totally. sounds super
1: challenging and she pulled it off pretty well. She did. I was very convinced.
0: She did. And apparently um, a lot of people did not like her acting in this show. And
1: Oh, geez. What?
0: I, yeah, I, whatever, dog. I don't like Please. to go on Reddit. Who says that? It's it. According to other people who have told me, people on Reddit. I don't go on Reddit because Reddit's a cesspool, and I don't like it. So that's why I don't go on Reddit. But
1: um, I mean, to be honest, a lot of the characters in the show don't talk. Sometimes she has the most lines. Oh, for, for sure. sure, definitely. So, kudos, honestly, man. And
0: she does a lot of nonverbal acting as well.
1: Yeah, dude, just, which like, looking, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah,
0: man. just, like, sitting there staring. The
1: whole intro of this episode is her not talking. It's just, like, her walking slowly into a room, mm-hmm. or her looking into her hands, or her holding her hands, like, really tight. Like, yeah, you know I, what I mean? think
0: she did a great job. Personally. And
1: honestly, I think that all is, like, a... That's testimony to her, like, also uh dance skills, you know? Mm-hmm. With her body, like, being able to, like, do that is very, like... Intuitive on her part, which I think is cool. Yeah. Like, she definitely probably thinks about her body more than most actors probably do. You know what I mean? Just naturally because she's a dancer. I
0: think so too. Like, her body language in this It's is, really good,
1: man. It's really good.
0: Is, um, yeah. It's part of the role, it's part of her acting. Yeah.
1: yeah but anyway. Really. Anyway, shout out. What's her name again?
0: Um, Sanaya? Sana- Sonaya. Uh, Sana- yeah. Mizuno. Shout out. Say? Yep. Um, so anyway, she. Yeats re- out of there having like a Hyperventilating attack And it cuts to um.
1: Kenton's like just sitting there <laughs>
0: Yeah Kenton just literally sits there and With the blankest like, stare I've ever seen What am I seen? supposed to do about it you know So funny Um. Anyway it cuts to Forrest and the Senator uh Walking around the campus Yep. And we get a little more Information about what's going On um, because she's talking about you know, we're not going to slow... We're not going to destroy technology from moving forward. Um, But, you know, again, she's, like, implying that...
1: I actually don't remember what she says in this scene. I don't
0: remember exactly either, but she's implying that we're not going to stop you. We don't want to stop you, but you got to play ball here. And he says something like, oh, so if uh, you're going to continue to protect my company... Even if I stop raising money for your campaign. And she says, Don't be cute. <laughs> okay. Like, it's <That's> funny. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. They're little, um, little side conversations that appear to mean nothing because they're just having a conversation leading up to something else. But,
1: well, also, you got to keep in mind, like, before, of that, though, before that, though, before that, she, Lily starts walking out onto the ledge of the building. <laughs> that happens before that well no i know but that's
0: why they have them talking they're leading up to them seeing her on the ledge and being like oh my god yeah yeah, yeah, someone's about to jump off the (sighs) ledge yeah um but this is cool when she's watching walking out lily's walking out onto the ledge of the building yep the entire um thing behind her is windows yeah it's it's all windows the trees and it's highly reflective windows. So you can see her reflection.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. There's so much of that in the show. Um,
0: man. You know, it's, t- it's, two co- it's mimicking her. You yeah. Know? It's two yeah. lilies. And you can also see oh, the reflection of all the trees, very much so as well. Um, but again, Lily and her windows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, mom.
0: I'm going to start counting how many times she looks out a window, stands by a window. Talks I mean, about windows. Like, it's a lot. The number
1: of reflections, dog.
0: Reflections, yes.
1: I mean, I honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. You know I don't know what the craziest thing is in, like, our known universe? The what? craziest thing on, on planet Earth.
0: No, I do not.
1: <laughs> windows. They're so weird. Like, think about this. <laughs> a clear window, and everyone's done this. I know everyone's done this because people are naturally fascinated by looking at themselves. Okay? Okay. It's a fact. There is depth to a window, to the reflection, what you see. You know what I mean? There's different levels. You can either look at the actual glass, focus in on the actual glass. I'm going to go crazy here for a second. You are going crazy. Follow me. <laughs> Imagine, like, there's a window right behind you. You can Sounds look at that. Sounds like Lily. Ugh. Listen. Talking. Listen. <laughs> you can look. At, I'm going off. Let me go off. Okay. So, if you look at a window, a clean window, like a pure window, maybe maybe you're looking at outside to, your, uh, to the street below, right? from a work from a cubicle or whatever if you're working but um you can focus it all matters on what you focus on you mm-hmm. know what i mean you can focus on the glass itself not even the reflection not what's on the other side you can focus on your reflection you can focus on the reflection behind of things behind you which there's like depth to that you know what i mean mhm depth perception yes but it's like inceptual depth perception
0: yeah i understand what you're saying and
1: or you can look at what's outside in front of you
0: you can look through the window.
1: Through the window. Yes. So it's almost like there's three, four worlds, to be honest with you. Like, within, quote unquote, a window. Which is like, I don't know if that's like, we always talk, there's there's talk, I think, believe, yeah, there's talk in the show about the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. And associated with the quantum realm is multiple dimensions. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, the reflection is like the perfect visual tool. I do not think you're wrong about
0: this. I think there is absolute subtext to Lily being associated with Windows. No
1: no no no, to all reflections in this I understand. Yeah. But
0: I'm saying specifically Oh,
1: okay, for sure. Yeah.
0: With her character.
1: As we will continue on and discussing what happens. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm crazy probably no
0: you're not i understand completely what you're saying
1: yeah also look at this i, I have my i have my laptop in front of me i was look at this shot it has like the real trees in the background yeah but it has the reflection of the trees over here
0: it literally looks like a Rene magritte painting. it does
1: yeah yeah it does
0: if you know that artist look at
1: that building it's just he like...
0: painted paradoxes That's i know he dude. painted i know and that shot specifically of her from far I mean, away standing on the ledge looks like a you memory. know who
1: also painted paradoxes pablo yeah. picasso Cubism is a paradox.
0: Well, I mean, okay. But I'm saying... It is. I understand what you're saying. But this looks like a Magritte. You can't... Oh, yeah, no, no,
1: no, for sure. Yeah, it definitely does. That especially, like, like just the shapes that are used. But, like, I'm, I'm just saying, I think the most fundamental, if we're going to talk about paradoxes in art, would be I cubism. Would,
0: I would argue that. But this is not an art history show.
1: <laughs> I mean...
0: <laughs> this is a... De- for Colin's
1: own mental understanding... And what I know, cubism is like the epitome of paradoxical art to me. Okay, you know what you know what cubism is, right?
0: (laughs) That's that's am sure, dog. Listen, I almost married an art history major, so I know what cubism is, and I know what you're talking about. So glad that didn't have to happen. So we're not going to go into that right now. You know that there have been
1: efforts to make cubist music.
0: Yes, I do. Can we get back to
1: this? Just saying, (laughs) dude. It's weird.
0: You are the one that yells at me when we go too long, okay, and then but you when bring we, up cubist music, which has nothing to do with the show. When
1: we, <laughs> when we actually talk, hey, I will, I will have you know, the first shot in this episode was a visual, was a painting. Okay, art is clearly important in this episode, so I'm sorry. All right, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's weird that cubist music exists, because like, I think about it. <laughs> can I say this, please? One thing. Yes. Okay, so art so like visual stay with me please my son this is fascinating all right (laughs) so art is art right Mm -hmm. art is something beyond reality in a sense it requires cognition for the human yes you know so like it's kind of this interdimensional thing if you think about it it's like another quote-unquote dimension if you think about in our consciousness basically Mm -hmm. so sorry that sounds so crazy i can't believe i just said that (laughs) but anyway it kind of is dude. So, like, I'm just yeah, saying...
0: Just, I'm just going to sit back and relax for <laughs> the next 15 minutes listen to while i talks to say about though. something completely off topic. This is to
1: what I'm about to say, though. So, this is all going to tie into devs in a minute. So, just give me a second. Okay. Okay. So...
0: It better not be spoilery,
1: though. It is not at all. Um. So, when we think about visual art versus sound art, like music, right? Mm-hmm. Sound art. Visual versus sound art. Two different mediums. Two different energies. Sound. Light essentially mm-hmm. right um when we think about visual art put it into perspective of cubist visual art right we're looking at like a snapshot of a paradox right it's a still image it's not moving obviously we're looking at it and interpreting it in like a linear way so to speak like you look at it and you're like okay this is weird <laughs> like to your eyes a cubist painting looks weird right i think we can all agree to that
0: i i mean it's not realism
1: Exactly. That's, That's why it's weird. But then when you look at it longer, you begin to realize, okay, so like this bit of it is like looking at the object from the left and this bit of it is looking up at it from above. You know what I mean? Like it's, you start realizing the logic a little bit. You can, you have the potential to realize the logic, but you'll never look at it immediately and be like, I get it. You know what I mean? That's not human. No one can do that. I don't care what you say. Except maybe Pablo Picasso, honestly, but
0: i mean i know people who you know could history well enough that they yes they could okay
1: that. but you couldn't the regular person couldn't you know what i mean it's just like weird i don't
0: know why you're saying that i think so when you look at uh guernica for instance yeah it's weird you know what's going on in that's you you know that that is not a happy scene
1: but you, you can tell immediately but the full picture is not provided to you though do you see what i'm saying
0: there's it's always not this legalism, obfuscation I understand.
1: yeah there's always this obfuscation i guess is what i'm saying with music so sound art i mean there is also you know there's an effort of cubist music there's been an effort to make cubist music i really don't think it's too successful but stravinsky tried it and he like went to paris and like worked on this stuff for mm-hmm. a really long time and he would make these he called them piano rag music and he would he would go through the effort in composing a piece from a cubist perspective but, like, when you listen to music, you listen to music linearly, correct? mm mm-hmm. I think we all agree with that. But music is, interestingly, composed fragmented. In a fragmented sort of way, usually. Normally, mm-hmm. composers don't sit down and do, like, one pen stroke to create an entire image. I guess is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. It's always, like, taking a piece. Like, even episodes, like, in devs, when there's edits, you know, they could have done one of those scenes, to two, two congruent edits, two weeks apart. But we don't know that because we're experiencing it linearly. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's always like this idea of linear, linear, uh, lateralization. Is that the linearization almost in like, or in like storytelling and art in a sense, whether it's not, whether or not it's our interpretation of it or the actual trajectory of it, there's always a line lineal linearity to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tramlines. Tramlines. <laughs> And that's Thank light. you for that's bringing the... <laughs> that background. Because I'm like,
0: when are we going to get back to it? Okay. There's also
1: clearly an importance with sound and light in how the projections work. And yes, you know, we see more of that. Sure. So I was going to tie it to that, too. But uh, I'll stop talking. I know we have a lot more to go through. I just, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting... Like, how mediums are used in this show is fascinating to me. You know? Mm-hmm. The first I montage, agree. we have art, architecture, warfare, love... Childhood, yeah, hatred, technology, in many yeah. different ways,
0: yeah.
1: History, of course, is obviously a broad topic, but like I don't know, it's it's like dang, it's like an actual collage, you know what I mean? i'm just like a bunch of things.
0: That's why the show
1: it rules. Slaps <laughs> this show slaps, because dude.
0: It makes you start thinking about what I just said. Cubism <laughs> in music, somehow. Cubism? oh exactly like how does
1: it do that tramlines tramlines it creates tramlines
0: thought Thought what's that called um oh my god Um, talking about no tramlines in your brain I have none there's always (laughs) roadblocks what (laughs) are you getting at stream of consciousness oh yeah sure one thought leads to another leads to another totally dude it's It's all linear
1: man it's weird.
0: All right, are we? <laughs> Sorry, are you good?
1: I hope we don't have to cut that out. I, are I, I are we good? That. Yeah. So that, yeah I'm good.
0: No, you brought it back around. I, I was, I was waiting because I'm like, is this actually going to tie back into what we were talking about?
1: I'm just saying, like, okay, f- okay. Thesis statement, from what I was just talking about. For anyone who's like, this dude's nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole concept of the line. We've been talking about it this whole time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the circle, mm-hmm. and how, you know. I, the, the analogy I'm talking about really has nothing to do with the circle perspective, but I mean if you like if you look at everything we were being shown, you look at art, you look at television, you look at all these things, we as a human, as an audience member actually, perceives everything linearly. you see what I mean?
0: It's hard not to.
1: You can't. There's a million oppor- there's, there's an infinite potential to like what could have been going on between edits, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you can't tell. You know, we actually just read, I'm not going to get into it. We read like an interesting paper recently in music theory that talked about how analysts, when they analyze music, they always talk about there being a Genesis of some sort or a, a trajectory of some sort. But in reality, no one except the composer himself or herself knows that. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah, it's fascinating. There's a weird dichotomy between the audience member and the person who actually made it that I think is, fascinating and it's i really think about that with this show a lot oh, so that's so much yeah like how did they make like, the show are we
0: reading into this too much or is this actually something that they were that's thinking the about question. consciously yeah when they made it yeah i have so many questions if i ever run into that man but you
1: know the goal of storytelling is to i think the goal of every storyteller is to create a story that is so simple and that involves such little effort but yet can erupt these conversations. Like you know I mean cause these conversations Mm -hmm. to come to light. Because it's like almost a magic trick. (laughs) Like maybe it's nothing at all. Maybe we're just like thinking it's brilliant when it really isn't. But
0: that's funny because they talk about magic tricks. Yeah. Not in this episode but in the next one I think. I
1: wasn't gonna bring that up but you brought it up. (laughs) I was gonna say (laughs) how it's
0: is it magic or is it us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Such such good brain food. (laughs) Is. All <laughs> anyway. right. Am I allowed to? continue? Yeah, go on. So okay, so um, she's on the ledge, and they she's see. She's on the
0: ledge. Forrest calls Kenton, who's still in his office, and says,
1: "Oh my God,
0: <laughs> Lily Chan is on the ledge outside your window." Yeah, it's funny. Help! Like, I'm with you know. He's like he knows he's with the senator, and it does not look good. So he cr- he climbs out to where Lily is. And then around now is when we realize this was a scam, that Lily and Jen are scamming him yep. to get him out of the office uh, in a panic, in a in a hurry, yeah. leaving Jen there in the office by herself so that she can then uh, steal the video of Sergey's quote unquote suicide yep. uh, for Lily. Yep. Um, but. In the meantime, Kenton climbs out onto the ledge with Lily, and they have a very interesting little scene.
1: It is interesting. You know. And he has a
0: little monologue. Um, Did you it? I wrote most of it. I don't think I wrote it word for word because I was in a hurry, but... Okay. He basically says to her, it's a crazy world. The shit that happens is weirder than anyone expects or imagines could happen, which resonates way more than they ever thought it would, I'm sure, Right now in what's going on in the world.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, man. Totally.
0: Um weirder than anyone expects or imagines. Uh right? He's like right exact he's like trying to obviously like talk her literally talk her down from the ledge. So Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to make a connection with her just to get her off the ledge. Yep. But um so he says that's what people like you and me know. Nothing is stranger than reality. Nothing. Mm. Mm. Hmm. I could. I could. (laughs) You know. Even sociopathic Kenton.
1: No, but like
0: has insight as to what is going on.
1: Man, I'm mad. We can't talk about the end of the show. (laughs) We'll get there though. I'm so annoyed, dude.
0: So he successfully uh, talks her off the ledge, (gasps) and very interestingly, what?
1: I caught something. What? Look at this visual.
0: Well, look I mean, at this. but it's a podcast.
1: I know. I'll talk about it in a second. Okay. What does it look like to you? Look at what they're standing in front of.
0: They're standing in front. Why don't a you pyre. just tell me?
1: This looks exactly like <gasps> Joan of Arc.
0: Oh, they do look like they're tied to stakes. Bruh. Yes, Bruh. they do. <laughs> <sighs> okay,
1: Dude.
0: how many minutes in is this? Oh, yeah. This
1: is... Oh, yeah. It's 26
0: a good minutes and 55 seconds into episode three when they're standing. His hand
1: is... His hands are behind his back. Yeah,
0: they do look like they're tied to stakes. Wow. They absolutely do. They're both standing in front of a window.
1: Yeah, reflecting jo- the trees. Join,
0: like the thing that joins the window panes together.
1: Yeah, frames. They're just frames.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's it literally looks like they're tied to stakes, like Joan of
1: Arc. Architecture being used as... A constraint,
0: and then there's also reflections. You can see their reflections behind them, and you can see the reflections of the trees. Okay, my in brain front of is them. getting
1: my brain is getting crazy right now. Don't
0: even tell me that's not on purpose.
1: No, that's definitely on purpose. That's definitely. I on mean, look purpose. at that. I'll, I'll pause it. I'll unpause a little bit. Look at them standing like that.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Wow, I've watched this episode so many times and never realized that. <laughs> I noticed that.
1: Yeah, which it's is interesting that possible. there's Two of them though.
0: Which is very possible. Well, it is interesting that it's two of them. Anyway, okay, huh. we gotta move on. Okay, but trust us. That's whack. Twenty. What did I say? Twenty six minutes, fifty five seconds. Go and look at it, and That's it's so yeah, weird. you're gonna be like, "Oh my god." Yeah.
1: Okay, let's continue.
0: So there, there's another Joan of Arc reference. Yep. Um. So as they're walking back, once he successfully talks her back off the ledge again, they're walking back. You can see their reflections in those windows. Uh, right, they're just very highly reflective windows,
1: they really are. They're very clean,
0: <laughs> and then so interestingly, Age of Aquarius is used as a music, a little bit of a musical montage in the middle of this.
1: Oh, yeah, isn't that from uh, it's from Hair, right? Yeah,
0: and so the musical Hair, yep, and uh, just a very interesting choice of music because it's a very I don't even like the musical Hair, but Age of Aquarius is a bop, for sure. Okay, It's a very bright, kind of uplifting song about, you know, in Hair, the hippies are singing this song because they are, um, you know, pacifists. And they're like, yes, we're entering the Age of Aquarius where uh, everything's going to be better and peaceful and blah, blah, blah. But if you actually look up what the Age of Aquarius is, which I'm a nerd, so I did.
1: Oh yeah, I, um, I actually totally forgot that that song is used in this. I I think I skipped over that actually when I was rewatching it.
0: It is used in this. Dang
1: it, I should have paid attention.
0: And um, when you look up what like, uh, according to a- astrology, what the age of Aquarius is, of we are in it. Oh. Oh. And cool. it's heavily associated with information, an age of information, technology, acknowledging. That the system that we have been living in Up until now For the past two millennia
1: Is obsolete Is
0: broken And that it is time for individuals Free thinkers And egalitarianism That is what the age of Aquarius actually is Or supposedly brings (laughs)
1: I'm just getting mad now Like I want to talk All of this is going to be lost Once we get to the end of this podcast when we can actually talk about the ending I'm going to forget all about that
0: But, see, look here. I got it all written down. All you got to do is go through my notes and find what you want to talk about. That's why I'm writing actual physical notes. Oh,
1: actually, that's a good call. So, are we going to bring, like, all these notes out at the end?
0: Well, if... Yeah, and then maybe just... We're not going to read them all again, obviously, (laughs) but how it all ties together. Super notes. So, anyway, very interesting. I did not know... I really... I don't... I'm astrologically stupid. I don't know anything about So am I, man. I'm
1: so bad at that. I have a friend, though, who actually can... Very accurately predict um, horoscope signs. Like I've
0: been telling you I want this friend to see if they can guess mine. She will.
1: Everyone
0: dude, is always wrong about me.
1: Dude, listen, man. <laughs>
0: I'm so not what I seem she, to be.
1: I've seen her guess, I think, 20 people in a row.
0: Wow. First
1: try. Based wow. on just intuition and thought about it, about horoscope.
0: That's... It's a very it's so interesting Like, man. I do know some stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know that there was an actual, like, the first 2,000 years of history was the age of Pisces. Didn't know that.
1: <gasps> hey. Nice. And it was
0: supposedly built around um, leaders and following. Huh. And that's the truth, geez. Yeah. <laughs> so now the age of Aquarius is the age of the individual and breaking that system and technology and move you know
1: that seems counterintuitive
0: (laughs) it does kind of doesn't it but when i was reading about it it actually made some sense but anyway so that was the song choice that they show the senator is leaving okay lily and jen are riding in the car having a moment of relief like oh my god i can't believe we pulled that off um that's cool and we get another little montage
1: Always. Amaya and
0: the Dandelion
1: yeah I see that right here
0: Colossus Amaya the Devs building um oh Stuart pushing Lyndon on a chair like having a little bit of fun over in the Devs building playing around
1: can I can I can i I'm sorry. and then Katie's reflection
0: oh, okay. in glass yeah there it looking is looking at the core
1: yeah okay there's a thought do you think that like cause a lot of the genius with this show lies in the editing if you really it think does. about it. Oh, it totally does. So do you think Alex Garland is actually the... I know he wrote the story, and the story, how it ends up, is genius. Like, actually. But... Oh. <coughs> <Sorry. laughs> now you're good. <coughs> no worries. So Down the wrong pipe.
0: Oh, T went down the wrong pipe. Oh, jeez. It's okay. Cow.
1: Don't talk. I'm good. I can go on with this. Okay. So, like, I feel like the editing, <coughs> almost part of it is, like... That adds to the the spectacular quality of the show. Like the parallels and the showing visual juxtapositions and angles and the angle that the camera is aimed so that there's a reflection and that reflection is like key to the story. It really, you
0: know? really depends on I would love to see a script because I need some to see the script. Some writer, director, someone's like a genius, like someone's no, in here. Like Noah Bombeck for for example. Oh yeah, for sure. I've heard Actors that work with him say everything is in the script, and you must say every word that's in there, and there is no deviating from that because he has such a solid solid vision of what he wants, Mm -hmm. and and then he will describe just a visual if there's a montage or whatever. That's all in the script. So
1: that's fascinating. I mean, especially the moment I realized that that was a thing was with Baby Driver. I get,
0: I get a feeling that. Alex Garton is probably okay. like that yeah I need the
1: script though <laughs> I need that maybe we,
0: maybe hey we're getting an album of score music so I want to
1: see that on my Facebook feed you know I've seen all these scripts like the uh-huh. the roll through script of like Baby Driver which is really cool and yeah. The Force Awakens actually that was one that I saw the other day oh that's um, cool yeah it's cool but I need it I need I'd be
0: it. yeah I have a feeling he's probably got such a solid grasp on what he wants and vision and everything honestly um Okay, so we get through that little montage and then uh we see Forrest and Kenton and very interesting line. Forrest is clearly a little irritated by what just happened with Lily jumping, you know, possibly jumping off a ledge in front of yeah. state senator. Yes. And he says, That was very close, Kenton. It nearly effed the universe.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: I know. I was like, okay.
1: Also, oh, that's why he was nervous.
0: Well, we yeah. Like, uh, cl- apparently, the, yeah. He did not expect that to happen, I guess. But um, <clears throat> in this conversation, Kenton makes it clear, like, no, no, no. This is, you don't understand. This is great. Mm-hmm. We now have a, a foolproof ace in the hole. If she's got yeah, history, yeah, she says we have an ace card. <laughs> if she's got a history of schizophrenia, we're golden because anything she says can be dismissed can be dismissed because she's got schizophrenia and anything that happens to her can be covered up because it's explained by her schizophrenia
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know kenton's like actually really excited about this <laughs> yeah it seems like it
1: i'm watching the scene right now
0: and Forrest is like but nothing is going to happen to her right like <laughs> that's and, funny
1: every time you say something it's like exactly the moment and the what is
0: and what does kenton say like, i know
1: i know <laughs> dang it dude
0: there's our i knows Ooh, again
1: true oh 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 <gasps> and in this scene you can see the Amaya thing that's that's shown in the first montage on the show
0: mm-hmm. she's always looming in the background but it's that somewhere. it's
1: that object the monolith oh yeah Amaya. it is
0: the one that looks like the monolith from 2001 or cool. the star child that's cool um, but he and then Kenton says it's all okay sir we're still on your tram lines
1: true
0: and then that's the end of that scene which is very uh, that that's a good scene actually in you, retrospect it's an important one oh, very, very important
1: do you think Kenton acknowledges the tramline thing and like believes in it? I feel like he doesn't. I feel I like think he, he doesn't at all. He's... I think
0: he's just like, It's interesting. You are the one that is keeping me from going to jail, and you are the one that pays my bills. Therefore, I'm going to buy into any nonsense I hear you say, whether I believe it or not. Right. So he's just, he's a nice balance for Katie because Katie. Also allows, you know, people to be murdered and all of this stuff. But she truly has the faith. She is, yeah, she's the faithful one. That's true in the actual religion of what they're doing. That's true. Whereas Kenton's just like, I'm just gonna do it. Whatever, man. I, you know, yeah, (laughs) I'm a total sociopath, and I'm just gonna kill anybody that gets in your way just because. Yeah, sure. You're my boss, and Mm -hmm. you pay me. Okay, let's
1: continue. Now we're they're in the car, and they're like, "Ha, that was awesome." Yeah, (laughs) I
0: like that scene where. Jen's like, oh my god, you were like amazing. That was some amazing acting. Um, so yeah, they're having a little moment, and Jen gives Lily the flash drive, which was the whole purpose of all of that ruse in the first place. Right. Um, then we get some nice cityscapes at sunset.
1: Uh oh yeah, uh, very nice.
0: And we cut to our boy, cutie pie. Oh, <laughs> ooh woo. My okay, ooh cutie pie boy. Eating some pizza, man. Just chilling. Jamie just chilling again in his apartment, eating some za. That's funny. Uh, and who interrupts oh, his moment to... of bachelor bliss?
1: She climbed up again.
0: She climbs up to the window again.
1: Why? To take the use the door, man.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Lily has a thing, and he even says, "Is this your new thing, then? <laughs> appearing outside windows." <gasps> And she says, I guess it is.
1: The cursed poster's in the shot.
0: And the cursed po- Have we <laughs> talked about the cursed poster? I don't even uh, remember if we have.
1: I honestly don't think it's worth talking about it, even if we do. No, 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 no. <laughs>
0: I'm bringing it up again because it's in the shot again. <sighs> K-U-R-S-T.
1: It is. You know, it's interesting. Spelled it is, cursed. It's in the shot on Lily walking in, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to a shot on Jamie, and then it cuts back to Lily, but the poster's not in the shot again.
0: Right. It's not.
1: So that's just, this is the
0: only cursed poster appearance in this episode. What the heck, dude. And you still can't quite make out what else it says. It's so funny. But just as a tease for episode four, you oh. can very clearly see <laughs> okay. what it says. For sure, for sure. And that is, I am going to get that into it in the next That is what he one. is, my guy. <laughs> I am going to get into that poster fully. Next my one. research.
1: Okay. I'll let you do that actually. I
0: have done research on this poster, people. All right, let's, let's get let's
1: get moving inward. I'm not gonna say it.
0: Oh sure, you talk it. about cubist music right. for 25 minutes, right. and I can't talk about the curse right. poster.
1: All right, all right, fine.
0: Anyway, she's still wearing the green, the green sweater, by the way. Uh, she is, yeah. Um, which becomes even more obvious when she goes to his apartment because his apartment is that exact same color green.
1: Mm-hmm. True, yeah, it matches. <laughs>
0: it it absolutely matches. She's perfectly.
1: carrying a piece of him with her.
0: Um, In a sense, mm, maybe, maybe that is maybe.
1: It's as if like she's wearing like his house, <laughs> or maybe
0: it means something else that's a little more nefarious. We'll we'll uh, find right. out later. Okay. Um, Well, we know. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, is that part of my green theory? We'll see.
1: It probably is, man. It it definitely is. Anyway.
0: Okay, so she is like. Ugh. I have this drive. Oh, yeah.
1: One of the funniest lines of the And
0: show. I need you to watch it with me because I don't want to watch it alone. And what does he say? You want me?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Yeah, let me, let me quote it. Hold on. I, I rewound a little bit. It's playing. And he's he takes the flash drive from her and he's just looking at it. He's like, <laughs> he's like thinking. You want us to watch the man you left me for burn himself to death together? <laughs> and That's if he's transcendentally, like, That's transcendentally weird. <laughs> weird Lily. So funny, dude.
0: Um, okay, so it's really cute though. She says I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So then he goes into his stack of many, many laptops. Yeah. And he selects one of them mm-hmm. for the purposes at hand. And um, they start watching it, and of course, Jamie's horrified, and she's horrified to see it again. But then he's like, wait a minute. Hang on. And he starts to notice that the flames um, coming up from Jamie's body, there's a pattern in the flames.
1: Jamie's body? You mean Sergey's Sorry, body.
0: Sergei's body. <laughs> Jamie notices there's a pattern in the flames coming up from Sergei's burning
1: body. There's symmetry in the visual
0: there is cut and symmetry. paste,
1: <laughs> which I'm like. I gotta think, who is the dummy? <laughs> Who's the dummy, dude? Just They're do it yourself.
0: So fired.
1: Yeah, honestly, dude.
0: If they, if if Forrest finds out,
1: we get some good music here.
0: Oh, uh, some more. I say it's 2001 music. Colin says it's shining. Whatever yeah. it is, it's Kubrickian. So we're just gonna yeah. agree that it's Kubrickian.
1: I have a very yeah. vivid flashbulb memory of a sort there's like a shot of you know how Danny in The Shining has like these faces of just like terror sometimes that's like quick edits and then it goes back to what he's seeing and they're so scary right it's that those sequences that music reminds me very like it's almost like he took an actual cue and probably used it as a tap score almost
0: possibly I I would never I would not doubt that he was using I don't know music from both those movies oh yeah and have we even brought up the fact that linden's name
1: yeah no we haven't
0: <laughs> uh i was forced to watch a movie and read a book <laughs> in a college course that i took and um the book is called barry linden and it's spelled exactly the way that linden spells his name on the show yep and yeah so
1: boom kubrick well you didn't say kubrick made a movie
0: more kubrick oh sorry and yeah Kubrick made the movie of that book yeah, (laughs) and um, it's called Barry Lyndon and it's spelled the same as Lyndon's name and I refuse to believe that that is an accident yep Uh, okay so they they notice that (laughs) these flames are fake so they realize this is a complete fabrication and I think she says again here's the paradox the body is real the suicide is fake right I don't know if it's a paradox but it's a Definitely a opposite, like, what? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean,
1: on the surface level, it looks like a paradox, so, yeah.
0: Ooh, and then it cuts to a shot of the core, the machine core.
1: Oh, yeah, here we go, yeah, 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 so, yeah, could, yeah. Scary,
0: scary Colossus Amaya. Oh, yeah,
1: one of the one, one of the scary ones. One of the ones,
0: nighttime sure. scary Colossus Amaya shots. Yes. And we start to see the scene, the actual what happened? Oh,
1: wait, wait, hold up. I also just want to mention this is the first time we've seen the inside of Dev's dark turned off. Turned off. Look at the shot, man. It's all dark. It's surrounded. Oh, surround. it is dark. You're right. It's no like getting off this light.
0: Ooh, that's really pretty.
1: It's interesting, dude. It's literally the only, shot, and we can say this: there is no other shot in the show
0: that I, I, like I remember. No, and I didn't remember that this was at night either. But this is clearly the night that they did it. Well, it is that this, night. Be- yeah, yeah. Um, because nobody was there.
1: Oh, yeah. And, um... This So this is the night that they did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even think about that.
0: And I want to know who designed the core machine, oh, because
1: it is... <laughs> the coolest prop.
0: <laughs> the coolest prop. Dude,
1: it's a prop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Relax, homie. I mean,
0: look, it's like... It's an angel.
1: It is. It's it looks like It's
0: gold. It. It's... Oh, it's so beautiful. Anyway, the trophy, too, kind of. It like kind of does look like a trophy, kind of looks like right? the
1: Stanley Cup, <laughs> if you look at
0: it. <laughs> Stanley Cup's silver, though. Oh, uh, yeah. pretty. Sure. The shape of it, I mean. But it's definitely supposed to be, like, angel, angelic, yeah. delicate, beautiful, Yeah. gold.
1: And it's blinking, I believe? Is it blinking? Yeah. Oh, it
0: is. It's blinking on and off a little bit. Yep. Yeah, so then it cuts to Scary Maya. And then it's like, and the music during this part is crazy cool. It's very
1: cool. Um, it's like weird synthesizer bagpipes with... Ooh, look at her. Too scary. That's yeah, actually pretty scary. Ooh, she's um, so scary. It's like bagpipes like bag combined with cello combined with synthwave synthesizer. Um, there might be some, like, miscellaneous cymbal stuff happening in the background, but it seems to me that that's it. Maybe overdubbing of the same parts, but...
0: I just love the score of this. Very show. interesting oh,
1: instrumentation. I I don't, love oh yeah, it. it's great. But it, op- it oh yeah, of course it opens with dirt when we see. Can I actually play it? I have it right here.
0: Nah, I don't think it'll pick up very well. Really? I doubt it. Unless you play it r- really loud.
1: I don't know. Just let, me, let me, Let's try it. We'll see how it works. Right. We'll cut this if it doesn't work. All right. I love it. bagpipes
0: we were discussing earlier though how i
1: and then it's got that a classic some some really i'm pretty sure that's probably going to be equal i think that's equal temperament which is a tuning system that was used way back when um so like okay here we go here we go i'm going off on another one here we go so
0: you gotta leave scary amaya looking at me right now all right yes okay um I'd literally rather see Sergey's body <laughs> burned <laughs>
1: than well, Scary Amaya's face. It's not Sergey, though.
0: It is Sergey.
1: Oh.
0: Let me just finish.
1: Okay, I have fine, fine, two fine, fine, more fine, lines I'll talk about now. the music afterward.
0: Okay, so Scary Amaya looks so scary because the reflection of the flames are reflecting up into her scary face at yeah. night. And then um, it cuts to we're watching Kenton and, and his posse. And his posse of murdering. Hoodlums um, In reverse though It starts with Sergei's body burning And then it's reversed Footage of them um, Bringing Him in yep. Laying him down and burning so his body But cool. it's in reverse so at the end of this Reversed footage you, It's just a blank
1: Yeah like nothing happened It's just yep.
0: the campus at the foot of the Colossus Maya. Yep and nothing. But again, this c- crazy music is playing, which to me, I brought up to you. You don't, oh, don't think I'm crazy. No, it
1: could be. It could be, man. Then I it, don't know.
0: It sounds like music that they recorded and then reversed.
1: That would be cool. That would be guess very we, cool. We
0: can't know that
1: for sure. Not really. There's no way to know because it's Unless linear. Because someone... it's linear, you don't know how we interpret it. But, um,. I, I you know what honestly because of what I've been seeing what I've been hearing with like how he uses intervals consonants and dissonance I mean he's definitely taking the show and trying to in- y- create a musical interpretation of what's happening in the show like we can we can tell you can tell right oh for sure it's so connected even with like the the purpose of the jump scare stuff that happens sometimes mm-hmm. in the music it's obvi- it's so connected for to sure the show and it would not surprise me if that's what this was is not here.
0: just like music you would hear, like just mood tonal music you would hear on a... Like, oh, please, listen to on this. On a CSI or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what's playing as the... Go ahead. Oh, it.
1: Well, let me restart it. Uh... Okay. Alright,
0: so here we see the core flashing at night. Looking beautiful, like an angel of death. Yeah. And now we have the actual Amaya angel of death. <laughs> with the flames reflected up at her, making her look like, terrifying. And the body is burning, but the flames are in reverse too. Which oh, that's so cool. cool. And now the flames are going out, and you see Kenton and some dude who's helping him. And then the, yeah, there's like the tech girl <laughs> with her with her iPad probably taking the video so she can m- manipulate it later. It's
1: so dark, man. It's
0: so dark. There's a whole team of people here. Yeah, man. How many people? 5? 6? I can't tell. There's shadows. Anyway, yeah. Now they're like carrying the body out, which Yeah in reverse they were actually carrying it in
1: yeah so but, the music man yeah um so we obviously have this like really deep bassy sawtooth love the wave
0: deep bass-y... yeah pulsating
1: which is it's actually pulsating i don't know if it's pulsating exactly in time with the machine because the machine is pulsating the yeah. light that is emanating is pulsating on and off on and off um it's probably not but i don't know if that might be a reference to it sonically which could be interesting um, if that was the inspiration, but yeah, so that's happening. And then you hear this weird tone come up, come out. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, again, I call it like a bagpipe type of sound. And I believe the interval it comes in is like an octave, something very consonant with the pitch being played by the bass tone. It comes in another overtone, another very close overtone, which makes it sound consonant. But the int- but I think what's interesting is there's dissonance created even though there's consonants happening. Just in the instrumentation alone. Like, listen to, like, how, and the tuning. Because the tuning is also not exactly perfect. You can hear how it changes. Right, so this is, like, kind of in tune. Yeah, it is, yeah. But then, right when they show Amaya. That's not in tune. It's not. But it is at the same time. It's it's parcels off, which parcels or sense refers to like exact frequency digits off. So like so like if you take an A, which is 440 mm-hmm. hertz, and then you oh, play geez. something that's
0: are we actually going to learn no no this is very hurts. basic math man very basic.
1: <laughs> you multiply that by an integer of if I multiply that number by two, 880, that is the octave above it. Okay. Which in the overtone series, an octave above a note is like the most consonant note within the spectrum, Spectrum, right? Because it's, it's like the same pitch. It's just like happening at the same time higher by a certain interval. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what an octave sounds like. Everyone mm-hmm. does. Um, and then the next consonant pitch above that is a perfect fifth. And so it's interesting how the perfect fifth comes. So first it's the bass tone, bassy bass, right? Mm-hmm. And then the octave comes in mm-hmm. with the bagpipes. And then the fifth comes in, but it's not tuned according to how our ears are used to it. It's tuned to a different tuning system. I'm going to guess it's the equal temperament system, which was used back then when they didn't have pianos. It was like, back then, people thought, okay, well, the tuning system should be based by nature, for nature, right? Music. Mm -hmm. Back then, people were weird. And they took everything to be equal. All frequencies equal to each other across the spectrum. With pianos, we call that mean temperament. Mean meaning average. So like when you go higher on an actual piano, the actual frequencies are adjusted to make it sound good to our ears. Oh. So it's not actually accurate to how nature means to for it to sound. This is accurate. Which is cool.
0: But I also still think it sounds like it's reversed. I really do. Well, okay, sure. Yeah, the playing
1: could be reversed, but like, there's like little inflections, like, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like that could be reversed, but the idea of the pitches being used is not reversed. No, I know. It's be the
0: same, but I'm just saying it sounds slightly wonky to me.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, totally. It could be. But I just think it's fascinating how the dissonance is created by anything but actual dissonance.
0: Mm hmm.
1: It's created with the instrumentation. We have this really grating sound by the bagpipes with this really sawtooth, like like with a wave underneath it. Mm -hmm. It's very unsettling. Like, yo. It's just gross. It's not good to listen to. And then more spectrals come in, making it pretty beautiful, actually. It's very midsummer. If you've seen that.
0: <laughs> and it sounds a lot like something you composed.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just showing my mom. Last, yeah.
0: like, fall. Yeah. <laughs> or was that last year?
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Like, last... Was it freshman year you wrote that? Yeah. Wow. That's a long time ago, That's there, right. <laughs> That's What's right. Ancients. Ancients. Cool. Which is, honestly,
1: <clears throat> the concept of the piece was kind of in tandem with the whole historical narrative of this show, in that, like... The concept of my piece was to take like sounds. What was your what was I'm, that face?
0: Like no spoilers. That's my no. I'm not spoiling. <laughs> I'm not. But the, the
1: the concept of the piece was basically to take sounds, literally with a wind ensemble, you know, creating created by winds, percussion, and I think there was a cellist because I like cello, so I added it, um, to create sounds with the objects that these players had in their hands. Based on like how sound was inter, like how art in music, quote unquote, existed in history, and so like way back when, what did they have? They had the hands, the mouth. That's all they really had to create music. So the piece opens up with like using mouth, like to go like shh and like doing all these noises, mm-hmm. and then there's percussion. That was just a representation of hand clapping, you know, because hand clapping is the first percussion instrument. You know, but uh, and then it develops over time, and the, you, then the the sound starts arriving out of the instruments, and it kind of creates this mosaic of. It sounds this. so
0: much like. <laughs> yeah. So Frequencies much. coming
1: in and out, yeah. mixing together. You guys would
0: get along well. Oh yeah. I think these composers and you.
1: It's All also right. probably worth mentioning that the bagpipes kind of motive, just holding it out like that, is very like. N- like. It's a funeral type of sound. Like, you know, I don't want to bring Star Trek up. <laughs> but well, like...
0: bagpipes sound mournful. Memorial. They just do. They do. No matter what you're playing, you could be playing the happiest song ever and it would still sound mournful to me.
1: That's subjective, but... I guess. Anyway, pull us out. I'm getting... Okay. <laughs> I'm
0: trying, man. Go you ahead. Just, I'm like... done talking. We're good. <laughs> I should... This is funny because in our other podcast, Colin's the one that has to tell me to shut up. And this one... It's reversed
1: a little Very bit. Very funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm okay. like your realizations, this one. And I do no, not think i, I have. No, I fully appreciate it. I yeah. just think
0: it's funny that when we talk Star Wars, I have to be dragged out, basically, to get me to shut up. But Yeah, I guess. Um, which, by the way, again, let me just plug that podcast for a minute. We have a Star Wars podcast. We do. Um, and it is called Unknown Regions Podcast. Um, and we are on Twitter... At unknown reach pod,
1: yes, indeed,
0: and that podcast can be found. It's a fun time, pretty much everywhere. This one, I am having trouble sending to different platforms. So, oh
1: yeah, right, yeah. You just as, said we got to Spotify just now, right? What's that? We just got to Spotify today. I
0: th- yes, finally, a decoding Dose is now on spot on Spotify. It's always on Podbean because that's where I am um, that's where I the host. Is that's my host. So it's always on Podbean. It is now on Spotify. I'm keep, I keep waiting for it to pop up on iTunes. I haven't seen it yet, um, but maybe it will be by then. And hopefully on Stitcher. I haven't found it on Stitcher yet either. Okay, well, yeah. um, but if you're already listening, you probably know where to find us. Um, and I don't have I don't have a Twitter handle for Decoding Doves yet because I just have a hard time even managing the two that I have. <laughs> oh, my, my personal good. Twitter and The Unknown Regions podcast Twitter. So, but if you want to talk to me personally on Twitter, my personal handle is at Frey Adjacent.
1: Yeah, if you want to tell us how crazy we are, let us know.
0: And Colin, uh, Colin and I are both on Facebook, um, which you can look us up. Personal accounts. You can look us up there. And then he has a personal Instagram account at Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick, which is W-I-T-T-L-I-C-H. Yep. Okay, so we will Hopefully, he will make time Maybe tomorrow To do episode four So that we can uh, Get at least Halfway through to the finale Because oh my lord That (laughs) finale It did not disappoint
1: I've never been so woke, man
0: It did not disappoint I was a little worried Because I'm like, is he going to bring this home? I don't want to be disappointed again I've had a lot of disappointments lately. <laughs> had a lot of disappointments right, in my dude. movie and TV watching. We are
1: not Yo, 2000... go check out on the Regents Podcast if you want to hear my mom just badger on about this. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it here. Keep no, it out don't. of this podcast, man.
0: No, we don't need to talk about it here, but I'm just saying I've had a lot of disappointments in my in my favorite TV shows and movie sagas lately. And this I was, is a beacon of hope. It really felt so good, yeah, man. To have something mean. To be what it is.
1: To be it is what it is, man. It
0: did not lie to us. No. It is what it is. Yep. Um, and even more than I thought it would be, to be honest. But we'll talk about that. It when was we get to the, the perfect cycle. It was really good. Um, so if you're wondering, should I continue on this show? Yes, you should.
1: Uh, it literally gets better every episode.
0: It's like a perfect capsule of a (laughs) sci-fi
1: meaningful
0: art piece like it's wonderful
1: I wish I was in like I gotta put my like film analysis brain back in and think about this and like think about sci-fi the genre yeah and how this is probably in a way the sci-fi show to end all sci-fi shows because like it probably encompasses every trope of sci fi. If you think about it.
0: If you think about it as one big piece, yeah.
1: hmm I mean there are certain sub genres of sci fi, you know. There's a certain number of quote unquote subgenres. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm pretty sure it touches all of them except maybe the monster sci fi. Because maybe. honestly, I mean there's kind of a monstrous activity going on, but like maybe like the human, it's like an introspective monster sci fi genre right. type of thing. Right? Or like the person like you are the monster type exactly. of thing. Exactly. But again, there, it touches on everything i swear man it's like the sci-fi i want to call it a film but it's not a sci-fi film the sci-fi show to end all sci-fi like where do we go from here is you know well I that's actually, a question we can talk about later but. we just
0: watched um ex machina a couple nights ago i had actually i'd seen it not that long ago just because i f- i knew this show was coming out so i but i wasn't really concentrating on it when i was watching it because i'd seen it before but the other night, I really watched it again, like really paid attention, and I intend to do that with Annihilation too, um, at some point when I'm not busy trying to do two podcasts at once. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that's your own fault. So. I know it is my own fault. You did your okay. Brain. So thank you very much for listening again. If you've made it through an hour and forty two minutes, congrats to you. And we will see you soon for yep. episode four. Thank you for listening to Decoding Devs, an unofficial devs podcast. We have no affiliation with FX, Hulu, or anyone associated with the show. Our opening music is Regnantum Sympaterna by Jan Garbarek and the Hilliard Ensemble. Our closing music is Fortunate Ones by the Beacon Sound Choir. We likewise have no affiliation with those composers or performers. All of their art belongs expressly to them, and we are just here to discuss and appreciate. Once again, thank you for listening.